0: to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Yo, yo, what's up, everyone? And welcome to this week's very special episode of Stay Grounded with my main man, Mr. Rick Cowley. So, I loved this conversation so much. One, because Rick and I both have a deep passion and love for the topic of purpose and discovering purpose, unlocking purpose, unleashing alignment, connecting to the truth of who we are. I mean, all of these are different words for living your most authentic life. And this has been a conversation that I've been having on the show for years now as I've sort of Learn to navigate what it even means to live in purpose and to become purpose and to act from a place of alignment. But Rick brought such a deep, curious and profound level of structure to the conversation of purpose that I'm so grateful for. He's the founder of Vision Quest, which is a special process that he's developed and delivers through online trainings, through live retreats and experiences. But truly it's a A framework for unleashing your purpose, getting clear on your vision and connecting to a path that is true to you. And in this conversation, we talked about so many things. We talked about um, how to move through the excuses and the fears that show up when you're starting to go down a path of purpose. We talk about Rick's cancer diagnosis that he received at the age of 21, what that gave him the permission to do. And sort of like the the, the path that took him down of radical self-expression. He, he talked, he called his cancer diagnosis a golden ticket, which I'm really excited for you guys to learn about because it's such a beautiful and important reminder of the challenges in our lives and how those challenges lead to profound breakthroughs. If we can allow them to be those initiations for more. Um, and you know, my, my path for, for the, the last year, at least has been, how do I go from confusion to clarity? You know, when I'm in those states of confusion, I find that it's because I'm not connected to my heart. I'm not connected to my truth. I'm not connected to the vision that's already flowing through me. I'm not connected to the way that things are. And I think clarity is is one of the most, one of the biggest gifts that we can give ourselves in any area of our lives. Because when you have clarity, there is no seeking outside of you. Clarity is is an internal feeling and a compass And in this episode, we talk about so many ways to get to that compass if you haven't already found it. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. I hope it inspires you to to ask yourself those bigger questions, gives you the courage to follow that little whisper in your heart and allow that whisper to become a song, a song that guides you in, in the challenging moments of life. I love you guys. If you haven't already subscribed to the show on iTunes or Spotify or any of the podcast apps, all that means is that every single time we release a new episode, it drops straight into your inbox. Tag myself or Rick on social media and let us know how it's landing for you. And just thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so grateful for all of you. I'm so grateful for this conversation that we all get to enjoy together. So without further ado, here is my dear friend, Mr. Rick Cowley. Enjoy. Yo, yo, yo. What's up, everyone? And welcome to this week's very special episode of Stay Grounded. Rick, welcome to the
1: show. Thank you, Raj. Nice to see you. And we were chatting before we started recording and asked you where you were, and you said San Diego. And um, that's where I was raised,
0: yeah, I think it's amazing like the little synchronicities that kind of bring us all together. Like it's it's so many similarities between us, man. Like just in that one 10 minute conversation, I, I I learned a lot about you and who you are. And let's start with like what do you define as purpose? Why don't we just start there as your definition of purpose and then from there we can allow the conversation to unfold.
1: All right. So purpose is it's one of my my favorite topics and is at the the heart of my work and I think what makes the the journey that I take people on so unique and what makes it like stick. What makes the the clarity that people get, it allows people to get so much clarity and especially around their purpose that they can't forget what it is that if they get off track, there's this deeper part of them that's like, no, no, you know what your purpose is. You know what you're here to do. You can't veer off track for very long. Whereas maybe in the past, if you don't, if you don't have, you know, that clarity of purpose, that self-understanding, you can veer off for literally years and decades But it's like, once you get the clarity, then there's something in you that's like tapping you on the shoulder, going, no, 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 (laughs) get back on, get back on the path. And one of the things that's unique in about what I do is, is how we redefine purpose. And from what I've seen, purpose is actually a unique way of being that each person has. And... What we normally think of as purpose as like a project or a business or a service or an organization is from the way that I've come to see it is that's more like the mission, which is about how you express and how you fulfill your purpose. But the purpose itself is actually much more a way of being and kind of your presence, the energy of your presence. And that a lot of how you fulfill your purpose is simply you being present with people and like being like that, that kind of catalyst for people. Yeah. And it's a way that you, you uplift and empower other people when you're being your purpose. It, it taps you into the great flow of life. That's what I like to call it. And it seems quite magical for you and for other people, just you being you being your purpose.
0: One of the things that I've found for myself, and I'd love to hear your perspectives on this, it's easy to be in your purpose when things are going great. But when things get hard, when life gets busy, when adversities show up, that's when I find to me, like that's where purpose is almost sharpened. Like it's like all the things that you thought were purpose end up falling away. And then you end up at this, this really solid rock of a spot that can't be taken How do you feel like your purpose has been shaped over time? And, you know, because what you thought was purpose maybe five years ago is probably not even close to what you know your purpose to be today. And, you know, same thing 10 years ago. So can you share the journey of your purpose evolving and how your purpose is and what was different about your purpose along the way, like 10 years ago versus five versus now?
1: Yeah, well, two things. I hope I remember both of them because, you know, we get down like a little side path and I hope I can remember what the other main path that we're on is. But one thing, like you said, that when things are going great, then it's easy to be our purpose, to fulfill our purpose. But when things are hard, it's more difficult. And one thing that I've seen is that when you get that clarity of purpose, that then you start to put, you can put structures into your life that allow you to fulfill your purpose on a regular basis. And ideally, it's connected to your work. So for example, you... There's part of your purpose, you're fulfilling, you get to be your purpose, simply having these conversations with people and speaking about whatever comes up. And like you, right before we hit record, you we just sat there and breathed and you said a few things that help us center and connect. And I was feeling it and I'm like, hell yeah, I love, I love this stuff. I've never had someone start a podcast like that. This is wonderful. So you've found a way, and you've done 250 plus episodes. So you've found a way to structure you being your purpose regularly into your life. And I think one of the coolest things that I've experienced for myself, so I have my own version of that with retreats and the online program, and there's 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 weekly calls involved. And it's like, I've put this structure into my life where some days I'm feeling awesome. And it's effortless. And other days I'm feeling worthless and overwhelmed and whatever I've got, you know, my own struggles that I'm dealing with. But as soon as I show up in that container being my purpose, it's like I'm, I'm recentered and I'm serving. And, you know, the ideas are flowing through me and the energy is flowing through me for the benefit of other people. And I always lifted through that process and you might feel something similar like there could be a day when there's a podcast scheduled and you're like shit man <laughs> I really don't feel like doing a podcast today like I got all this other stuff going on or whatever but you know you're going to show up you're going to be present sit there and just be with that person and ask questions so my point is that it's a really cool thing thing what that structure can can give you as like this anchor of being your purpose throughout your week whether you think you feel like it or not that's a big benefit the other thing oh yeah the the evolution the journey of my purpose well i've always been a seeker i've always been interested in spiritual ideas i've always been an adventurer love surfing and travel taking some risks and i had my passions and my interests but it was really this was about 12 years ago 13 years ago that I just stumbled upon a book in a used bookstore in Sydney on a trip back to the States. So I live i live on the Sunshine Coast of Australia now, but I've been based in Sydney. Um, I have two kids with an Australian woman. And I found this book and it had, it had a number of exercises. And one of the exercises was about your purpose. And it put it in a, just a super simple framework. And it talked about this unique way of being that you have. And you kind of identify, takes you through a process that you identify what it is. And for me, it was a beautiful light bulb moment. And it was like a puzzle piece of, so say your life's vision is like a puzzle and you're finding the pieces as you go through your life, you know, the the different dreams that you have, the things you want to do, the things you want to create. And it was like this central piece that had been missing which was my purpose, finally I discovered it and it fell into place. And it was a moment where I had enough clarity, I had enough of the puzzle pieces that the vision was compelling. It was like, I cannot ignore this anymore. Whereas before, if the puzzle pieces, if there's enough of the puzzle pieces that are missing, you don't have enough information to take bold, to make bold change in your life.
0: Totally feel that, dude. Yeah. I totally, that piece right there, the puzzle pieces. And it's like, over time, the puzzle pieces just, they get more and more obvious. Like, you're like, how the hell did I miss this? Like You actually end up getting like, because now that I look back in hindsight, like, you know, you can't connect the last thing forward looking backwards. I think that's the quote by Steve Jobs. But that quote is is exactly what I have found for myself. Like, as I step into more of my, what I would consider to be, life flow, purpose, dharma, any of, or all of it combined. It did take me actually going down the wrong path based on limited information that I had. Like I went down path of going down certain business ideas or trusting certain business opportunities or or trying things out because I thought that's what I needed to be. And it wasn't until I started untangling the conditions I was putting around myself that I actually identified with true purpose. Can you talk about the role that I guess like conditioning plays with purpose? Like, like for yourself or even just anything you've seen over the years, like I found that like this life I was living that was very inauthentic, doing what everyone else wanted me to do was driven by certain beliefs and behaviors and thoughts and patterns that I didn't, that weren't even mine. And I had to go through a period of almost like unlayering all that before I could really truly step into like my purpose and who I'm here to be. And so I'd love to talk about that journey with you if you're open to it. Like, What was that journey of unlayering, unraveling look like? And yeah, I'd love to maybe just go into that with you because I I think there's something so powerful about the way purpose is shaped with the puzzle pieces and how the puzzle pieces emerge at the perfect time when you move through something that's like unconscious or... It's like, you have to develop the sensitivity, but the sensitivity can only be there if it's like, if you do the work to get there, you know what I mean? Mm. There's so much to say again. I see. I (laughs) I just like layered it (laughs) on you. Like I told you before we started, like, I'm not good at asking simple questions. Like I can't like, like they kind of just come out and they come out. And so like answer whichever part of that you feel like is like resonating or resonant for you right now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay. So when I had leukemia when I was 21 years old, that was a massive time of breaking the, like the old expectations and like, you know, breaking the expectations of my parents and whatever my friends were doing and getting this, this realization of how temporary our lives are and not knowing if I would be alive in a year or in two months and going, okay. How do I want to, even though I'm not feeling the best right now, I'm dealing with this really scary medical thing. And how do I want to be? What What do I want my life to be like right now? Who do I want to be right now? How do I want to talk to people? How do I want to express myself? What do I want to be doing with my time, with my attention? So that was a, you know, you said you're doing some work to support cancer patients with their mental health. This is, you know, a topic that's that's near and dear to my heart. But the beautiful thing is it's like you get this golden ticket when you have a life-threatening illness like that, where what I experienced was like I had total freedom. I could just explore what being me was like without having to worry about hurting other people's feelings or feeling like, oh, I can't say that or I can't rock the boat. It was like, and I had counseling during that time too, which supported me to be more authentic and to express myself more. And so I really, I really did it. You know, I had difficult conversations with my parents about the past and, you know, about things that I'd never said to them and things that, you know, felt upsetting to me that I, in the past, I didn't have, I was pretty aloof and I didn't have the courage to express those things. I didn't want to hurt people's feelings. I didn't want to rock the boat. So that period was a huge, transition for me of being more authentic to myself and discovering what that meant and then over the next decade or so so I made I made a lot of changes in my life and started to just go for what I wanted to do and there were a couple different paths that I took and it was That moment that I discovered that central puzzle piece of my life's vision is when I really started, I started to do my life's work, which is this, this vision quest work, the process that I kind of discovered in the laboratory of, of running these retreats. So, I mean, it was actually 13 years from when I got sick to when I ran my first retreat, even though Whenever I would become very still and whenever I would do some exercises to get clear on what I wanted, what I really wanted to do with my life, it just kept coming up. You got to work with people in a deep, profound way. And I had every excuse of why I wasn't ready or wasn't qualified enough or didn't have my shit together enough or I hadn't earned enough money. I hadn't created enough success. Like, whatever. I had all the excuses. But it was... When I understood what that purpose was, was when I finally had enough of the puzzle pieces that I could not ignore it anymore. And when I tried to ignore it, it was so painful. I was driving myself crazy. It was like I was so mad at myself that I hadn't found the courage to just try it, you know, just start it in whatever form it was, you know, to just start something that I finally just did it because it was so uncomfortable that I hadn't done it.
0: Yeah, it's weird, man. Like I see this, like you said, the uncomfortable. And I think that's the right word because like I used to normalize the uncomfortable. I thought that it was normal to feel that way for a long time because I was so disconnected from my heart and I was so disconnected from the things that mattered to me. And so like, I was like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna do this thing. And it's normal to feel this anxiety. It's normal to feel this like questioning. It's normal to feel all this. And if I check in with myself now, it's actually so normal. It's amazing how we've normalized that feeling. (laughs) Like we as a society, I think, are so disconnected from our hearts and that truth, that emerging truth that's always there. And instead of calibrating to this and then creating from this space, we're calibrating to everyone around us and all of the things we think we're supposed to be doing. And it creates this dissonance in the system and i think the healthiest thing i've ever done for myself is actually follow my truth and live my purpose it's truly actually relieved stress it's helped my relationships get better like it's helped relieve all of the the noise in my system and now when i look back on it is it worth it for me to like the safety that i thought i was like protecting myself from by having that life like it was all an illusion it was all an illusion the fear was keeping me trapped and I think we do need that dance with courage. Like yours was a cancer diagnosis. Mine was a breakup of nine years. Like, you know, those are like the things that kind of rattle you. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, crap. Okay. Like this isn't as a, f- like there's, there's actually a silver lining to this thing that I thought was so awful. And that ends up being like the kind of the breadcrumbs that lead to this evolution of the soul. I feel like the the soul wants to evolve in that direction and it's not linear it's not what the mind thinks it is either. It's not a career progression or like like it can't be. And And I'm learning now to, have you read The Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer? Amazing. I read it about three
1: months ago. One of the best books I've ever read.
0: I'm rereading it now. I read it a few years ago and it like changed my life when I read it and now I'm rereading it and it's changing my life again because it's coming back to that reminder that there's a universal flow with life that actually wants to work in alignment with your heart. It wants to be in alignment. And we've just, we don't trust that. So I guess maybe let me ask this, like how do you teach the trust, you know, like for people that don't have that innate, like that haven't been dealt a life circumstance, let's just call it that, or maybe created their life circumstance, whichever frame of thought you want to look at it from, like how do you teach trust in actually learning to, or, or in actually following the whispers and and going in that direction, I'd love to
1: maybe even just, yeah, yeah. Well, that that actually reminds me of something that I I wanted to say to your previous question, but it's connected to this: how we learn to trust that. And your previous question was about how we reveal. How do we reveal that authenticity? And from what I've seen, you know how we're raised with. You know, our parents doing the best that they can, and most of us went to school for a decade or more years. And if you think about what how we were conditioned in school, what we had to do to be successful in school was to show up every day between specific hours. We had to sit in the seat. We had to do whatever work they handed to us in the way that they were saying to do it. We were graded, you know, judged. And if we were really excited or really chatty or, you know, had a ton of energy, had our own inspiration, our own excitement, or, you know, we we were just inspired to do things and be how we wanted to be, then we were punished. And so when you think about like that conditioning from when you're like five years old through when you're 17 plus years old, you start to think that, I mean, this just becomes how reality is. And then people go into jobs or they start their own businesses, but there's still that conditioning of like success is what someone else fitting into someone else's model of success. And the people who are holding that model are probably not People you aspire to be like anyway. And so it, it's really confusing. And that natural sense of inspiration that from what I see that that is a very true guide to your true path and to, to stepping towards your purpose is it, it should feel inspiring. It should feel energizing. But we just, we just snuff that. So many times from when we're little kids, you know, sitting in the classroom and having to, you know, fit in and, and by the way, school, you know, school is a wonderful model for a fraction of people. Like they thrive in that structure. It suits them. But I think I would say for most people, it's not helping them be more of who they are and live the life that they really want to live. So, the first thing in building up that trust is just catching yourself when you are trying to fit into some model of success that has nothing to do with your own happiness or fulfillment. So,
0: what role can structure play then in the evolution of purpose? I love how we started this conversation out with, you know, talking about the role that structure does play in sharpening and helping us you know, stick to the path. And I also see the other side of it now, how too much structure can actually create this, not conditioning, but this reliance on structure, which is then the kind of blocking of the inspired sort of art that's in our hearts. So what is the perfect balance, if you would, like, how do we live our lives freely while also leaning on structure to keep us on the path, or if there is a path, like, I guess, what is the structure inside of this dance of creating from an inspired heart?
1: Yeah. One of the best ideas that I've heard about is relating structure and flow. So like what you said, to direct the flow of anything we need the right amount of structure and too much structure slows down the flow and too little structure the flow is scattered around so we we find that sweet spot of how much structure to direct the flow how we want it to go or to be able to you know to align with that flow and one of the things that i i love talking about is if you're going to put structure in your life like you're going to plan something then plan what you most want to be doing. And even if it feels freaky to be planning and to kind of like feels like you're tying yourself down. And one example from my life is, you know, planning retreats for the upcoming year, I still freak out about. I just go, oh man, but what if, you know, what if I want to do a trip during that week? Or, you know, what if some other opportunity comes along? And then I just remind myself, there's pretty much nothing I would rather be doing then this work with a group of people, just plan, just choose the dates, like just trust that the dates are going to, they're going to be right for you. They're going to be right for your family. They're going to be right for the participants, put that structure into your life. And I think that that's where being clear on what you want, having a clear vision is this key thing, because then, like you said, we, we do need some structure. Like if you want to get fit, You can't just go to the gym whenever you feel like it. Like You've got to have some structure and some commitment in there and, you know, build that into your, your lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And like you said, like you can't, you don't want your day scheduled. Probably most people, their sweet spot is not having their day scheduled from 6am to 9pm. Like you also need some time in there for some spontaneity and free flow and for the inspiration to take you and go new places, do new things.
0: I think it's uh as I'm listening to, it truly is like having that vision for your life, like, and having that's like where it starts. Like, what do you want and why, what do you want and why, and really connecting to that. And then the second piece is then working through the fears, not even working through, but maybe just chipping away with courage and building that muscle of courage to continue asking for the things you desire and continue creating from that space of desire. And I think it takes time. Like I I mean I remember I made the decision to really start making some radical shifts in my life end of 2019. That's like when I really started deciding and it took me uh, it's 20 end of 2022 now and so that was 3 years of consistent unraveling. It takes that that and and then before that like you know when I worked a cubicle job it took three years to unravel. And so I think it takes time of to just keep unraveling and it. And so maybe there's a commitment to the path. Maybe, this, I don't even know if this is the way you can teach this, but like, how do you inspire commitment, like elongated? Can you do that alone? Like, I mean, I feel like I've had so much help in my life. That's how I've been able to like stay committed to the path. But like, it's a gnarly road, man. <laughs> like creating your dream life, like, especially when you have friends and family that all don't want to do that. Like they're all in their own little bubbles, all doing their own things, their own insecurities. And, you know, like, I'm very interested to know how you teach. Cause I, I think it's the way you're even speaking about this is really unique. And I think there's a lot of beauty in, in teaching, like how do you stick to the path long enough to actually experience the light at the end of the tunnel?
1: Good question. I like that. I like, I like how you worded that. From what I've seen, the biggest thing that makes the difference is clarity is the depth of clarity that someone has about mm. who they are what they want and what life wants from them and it's like you know it yes it takes courage but the clarity gives you the courage
0: unpack clarity because i think when you say depth of clarity what are you referring to like what is the deep end of the clarity pool
1: okay So because this is like the heart of my work and what I see over and over is that you have this vision inside of you. You have this understanding inside of you. And it's in daily life, it's really difficult to access a depth of clarity where it's just this knowing of who you are and what you're here to do because of all the conditioning and the fear and the busyness and like you said we you know we don't we're not getting this support from most of the people that are in our our daily life most people are not living this way so we don't have many models that we really see what it's like to live this way but you do have this clarity in you. Like everyone that I've sat mm. down with has gone through this. You know, the process has been refined over 60 plus retreats, plus, you know, the, the virtual program and all this. And it's just improved every single time to unlock these puzzle pieces of your, of your life's vision. And all these things, you just feel the rightness of it for you, your purpose and the dreams of how you want to express and fulfill your purpose. And it's, it's in there. It's exciting because it's in, I mean, every single person who's sat down and gone through this.
0: I really want to unpack the phrase, feel the rightness. What
1: does rightness feel like? For me, it feels like in my belly, to another puzzle analogy, it feels like two puzzle pieces that haven't been able to click together finally click together and they fit perfectly together and it's a feeling of harmony of peace and rightness
0: it's like unshakable it's um i'm like really connecting to that feeling because i i've actually there's a depth to the knowing it's like conviction yeah it feels like conviction it's like like a like a certainty yes that isn't externally sourced. It's like an internal experience. I actually know exactly what you're talking about. That's why I wanted to hear you unpack that because I think that, I don't think most people know that. They don't know that possibility. And I, and I, it's possible, this level of knowing. Like I, I meet so many people who are so unsure about what they want to do with their lives and they're looking for answers outside instead of going deep within because when you go within and you find that clarity, cause it's there, you said it, it's just, you just forgot where you put the keys maybe, but the doors have been there this whole time. And it takes sometimes help. Actually it took me help. <laughs> it took me, it took me a lot of help to get there. And and I think, um, but once you find it, you're, it's
1: there and then you, you never lose it. Yeah. For me, for me, that, the word that expresses all of that—the rightness—is his knowing, or inner knowing.
0: Yeah, that's it's the it's the compass, and you can feel when you're off your compass. I think that's what that's the thing. Like, it's not even like I actually feel that now. Like, I, I can actually see my life as like two periods. Like, there's a period of my life where I was actually very disconnected from that, very disconnected, and then I had my first like spiritual experience, if you would, that really opened me up to more knowing. And after I woke up to that knowing, anytime I would make a decision that was against my code, I could feel it. It was like, and I didn't realize how much I could compartmentalize my choices before. Like I could make decisions that didn't feel that like, your compass comes on. Like it's like your internal... Yeah, it's an internal compass. And, and I think that to me is like the true, I, I think for especially men, I think there's something about like knowing that masculine pole that's like very deep within you, like your core and that, and that piece that's, that's found through hardship. It's found through intentional digging. It's found through going on vision quests. It's got found through going into the depths of your emotional bodies. It's found in the depths of you healing your traumas it's found in the depths of you forgiving people it's found in the depths of you feeling things that you don't know how to feel and doing things you don't know how to do it's it's this i've read this beautiful quote actually like the most beautiful part of rock bottom is the rock part (laughs) what does that mean to you well to me it means that like you think you've reached rock bottom but you've actually just found your rock You found the part of you that just cannot be shaken or thrown away. Like it's actually who you are. Yeah, And that's that knowing, right? Like, and I think rock bottom's not necessarily even something that I, I I think that concept is, is what I keep coming back to is the, is the inner knowing and the shaping of it. And curious, are you an avid journaler? You seem to be the type of guy that loves to journal. Do you, are you a journaler?
1: Yeah, it goes in waves with my own journaling. But writing and writing exercises is always how I've gotten the most clarity, which is, you know, why it's like the backbone of my program is a series of writing exercises, because they work. And they, they're, they're like the way I see writing is it's like a bridge to, I mean, it, it can help you heal and bring to your awareness the things that are going on behind the scenes so you can deal with them. But in terms of creation, I see it as this bridge of where. An idea, like a non-manifested thing that's just energy, whatever an idea is, becomes, it's the first expression. I mean, you can speak it, but still that's just disappears right after you say it. But you can write something down, and it's the first bridge that an idea takes to become reality.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What other tools do you feel like have been most valuable for your journey to really connect to that
1: inner compass? journaling is one that's been there from well before the the vision quest process came into existence i think that if i was gonna give people suggestions of like how to get this clarity how to start being more authentic how to start feeling this knowing um there's a there's a couple things. One, like I said before, is your, your inspiration is a pretty true guide. So I would open up to feeling and following your inspiration and look for things that inspire you and journal about things that inspire you. And when you get a hit of inspiration of like something that you could do in the moment, well, act on it. See what happens. You know, whether it's to go up and talk to that person, or reach out to someone, send someone an email, or sign up for a program, or whatever it is. Like, act on that inspired, that inspired hit before it has a chance. Before the other part of you that you know wants to shoot you down and keep you small or keep you wherever you are, act on it and see what happens. And the other thing is and this is something I was thinking about before as well, based on what you were saying is you took, you did a lot of things, you took a lot of paths and that's by taking the wrong paths, you got clarity on what the, what a more right path would be for you. And that's another thing that, um, you know, you can, you can, uh if you can do a process or get support to, tap into this deeper clarity and bring it up to the surface and reveal all the puzzle pieces of your life, um, your life's vision, then that's wonderful. But if you don't have access to something like that, then do stuff, you know, take action, try things. It's better to, it's better to, you know, uh, go for something and achieve it and realize it's actually not the right thing for you because you get information. Otherwise you're sitting there going, man, maybe I, you know, maybe I should apply for this job or maybe I should buy a boat or, you know, whatever the thing is you're sitting there wondering, it's better to just go out there and do it. Find out what's the feedback life is giving you. Do you feel happy, Mm, fulfilled, aligned or not? Or what aspects of it do work for you and what aspects of it don't work for you, but it's to just get out there and experiment.
0: I think reflection is the common thread I'm finding. Like it's like testing and reflecting. You know, I, I remember when I first got started down the path of actually entrepreneurship, this was like one of my first mentors. He said like, you know, Raj, you could try this thing for six months. And if it doesn't work out, you can go back to watching Netflix. You could always go back and do like, there's no, nothing saying you have to stick to anything forever. And so like being in the mindset of testing and trying things and going down that path is a really beautiful way to build a lifestyle of actually reflecting on how different things make you feel, right? Because like, that feeling is actually like the feeling is what you're optimizing your life for. You're not actually optimizing your life for more money. You're optimizing your life for more freedom. You're not optimizing your life for it's like it, when, I, when I actually really get down to it, like why do I want all these things? It comes back to a feeling that I'm actually wanting to experience more of. And so how can I actually create more of the feeling if I'm not intimate with the feeling and intimate with the way that different things make me feel? And so the reflection process, that's been, I think for, even for me as I'm looking back on my journey, like that's actually been the consistent thing. Like trying things and then coming back and really connecting to how that thing made me feel what I loved about it, what I didn't love about it, and what I learned, and how am I going to engage with this next? How am I choosing to engage? And can I consciously make the choice and be grateful for making the choice? Because that puts me back into the creator mindset. I'm creating this life.
1: yeah.
0: And I think that paintbrush, like bringing it into your power, like we have the power to create all of this. Everything is in our power. Well, everything is in our power and everything's not in our power at the same time. If that makes sense to anyone listening, like it's like we are all just specks of dust on this grand timeline of the universe and we have incredible power to create meaning in every moment. And somewhere in the
1: middle of that is like a really juicy combo. (laughs) Yeah. It's like the Michael Singer and the surrender experiment you know he it's such a great read it everyone <laughs> it's so yeah it's so, one of my favorite books so inspiring it just you read it and you just feel the rightness in your life it with wherever you are wherever you've been wherever you're going you'll get this sense of trust that okay i am being carried where i'm meant to go and one of the things that stood out for me was he was so committed to his own you know meditation practice like a daily meditation practice that was his Structure, and then he had, a, you know, the business side of life as well, which he was really committed to. But he was, from what I could tell, he was even more committed to his spiritual practice. And it's that blend of the structure and the flow. You know, having that that basic structure in your life that tunes you in, and then what paying attention to where what life is giving you, where life is leading you, what you feel inspired about.
0: I mean, inspiration at the end of the day is like the universe communicating through you, right? Like it's like like you have these feelings of like excitement. I had this conversation with a friend of mine not too long ago. It might have been on this podcast, I don't even remember, but it was a conversation about like how if you think about like the highest frequencies of emotion, you know, like play and fun is actually like at the very top. And If the universe truly wanted something to be successful, wouldn't it actually infuse it with that high vibration emotion so that it gives it the highest likelihood of succeeding? Like, you know what I mean? Like, if it made it super, like, dense and hectic and heavy, like, that wouldn't be true. Like, it's like, then there's something out of alignment. But like, when you're actually in alignment with that frequency you're doing the greatest service you could be doing to everything around you because I think love is that high frequency. I think love wants to be there. And I think we're all beings of, we're all souls entrapped, souls that are inside of this human body all trying to access more and more love. And inspiration is, I think, the fastest way. It's like when we listen to an inspired heart um, and then we don't let fear stop that right? Cause that's, that's usually what happens. We get the inspired hit and then fear shows up. And then all of a sudden we justify why that inspiration is bullshit and it doesn't matter. And I can always do it tomorrow. And then all of a sudden it's 20 years later and you're still stuck. And it's like the best time to start was 20 years ago. And the second best time is like right now.
1: (laughs) Yeah. 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 The, the inspiration, I think it, Everything can only happen right now. And when you're feeling that inspiration, I think one of the things that can, that can help us, uh, immerse ourselves in it is to realize, oh, this is happening right now. What am I thinking about right now? What's happening right now? I'm sitting here. I'm talking with Raj. He's asking questions. I'm asking questions. We're talking about this stuff. Like We're discovering new ideas. There's a unique thing that's happening with both of us speaking. And from all of our life experience and all of what we're creating, we're bringing this into this moment right here. And neither of us knows what we're going to say next, what the next question is going to be, what the next topic is going to be. But you just feel this, like this popping that's going on, you know, that's the inspiration. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's inspiration. That's flow. That's presence. I think presence is one of those really beautiful. I've been really examining my relationship to the present moment more and more as I've gone down my path and I'm seeing the, hey, we're talking about this, you know, I'm, I'm I don't know when this podcast is going to be released, but I'm getting ready to move to Costa Rica. And, you know, one of the biggest drivers for me is to, you know, really tune in with presence to what's happening today and really learning to develop the sensitivity to the frequencies of, of what's happening today. Like the noise of my mind is not happening today or it is happening today, but it is noise about something that is not happening today. <laughs> not, it's like noise about something that's not happening today or the energy that's creating that noise was planted in me long ago. Either fear of the future or fear of, you know, being seen failing or conditions and beliefs about my worthiness. Like all the things that might be creating the noise were actually created by frequencies and energies that are present in my body that came from long ago. And it's all happening here and now. And I think that's the journey, even Michael Singer. Like, I think there's a lot of wisdom to all of these brilliant teachers sitting with meditation. Like, I really feel like that's been, meditation has been one of the more powerful tools for me as of late to really sink in and sit. And um, yeah, I yeah I don't know man it's it's a gnarly ride of learning to discover who you are and find your purpose and and it's also one that I wouldn't trade for the world like I really feel that like I the journey has been just as enjoyable ah, well it's had its ups and downs for sure but I think the path like if I wouldn't change anything about my life and I'd love to hear if you would about yours like what role does regret play in the development of purpose?
1: That's another good question. One of the modules in my program is called Biggest Regrets. And from what I've seen, it's really closely tied to purpose. And in this exercise, you reflect on what your biggest regrets in your life may have been. And I preface it with saying, I don't believe in regrets because I believe that everything is a gift that's carrying you towards where you're really meant to go, towards who you really are and what you really want to do with your life. But if you did have regrets, what would they be in your life? And some people, you know, if they really, if maybe they really have made peace with their regrets or they they also really believe that they don't have any regrets. They wouldn't change one thing in their life. Then I reframe it like if your child was faced with the same situation, how would you advise that they go? What path would you advise that they choose? And that gives them the freedom to go, okay, yeah, well, if my child was in that situation, I'd probably advise them to take this other path than what I did. So, and there are these more generic regrets, things like not spending time with loved ones before they passed away. And another one that's really common that kind of goes into more specific things is just when you ignored your own inner knowing of what you felt was right for you could have been a boundary or, you know, some, some direction Mm -hmm. that you were, that you took that you just knew you could just feel it. And the kind you talked about a little bit before, like where your mind says, you know, I'm going to take this choice. I'm going to make this business choice or whatever it is, but you're disconnected from the other part of you that may be screaming at you. This is not right for you. You know, you feel anxious or
0: and you want to know the crazy part? A lot of times most people don't even realize that that screaming manifests as a physical symptom, sometimes disease. Sometimes disease, sometimes it's fractured relationships, like all the symptoms in our lives, like that disconnection has a cost that I was significantly like undermining. I did not, and I didn't take it seriously. And now I, I meet so many people on the path who feel that and see that, and and it's like this disconnection is—it's not healthy. It's actually creating all of the shit, yeah, <laughs> that you don't want in your life. It's coming from disconnection with yourself. Yeah, yeah,
1: you you become misaligned with your own flow, your own path. Yeah, and so with the with the regrets, then there's another type of regret, which is. When you had an opportunity to rise up and be your purpose, but you backed down from it. And so from what I've seen, it can it can help inform you on what your purpose is because you get to see, oh, that situation that I was in, why is it still stinging me 20 years down the track? And sometimes you have to really open up your mind and explore. Like, how could this situation be related to my purpose? And, but the reason that I think it is, is because it is stinging you 20 years later. Like, you know, there are many things that happen that we just, we don't even remember that they happen, but there are certain things that happen that they never leave us. And these are connected to our regrets. So there's a gift in those where when you start to see what that sting is about that you can, you can help to clarify what your purpose is and then you can remind yourself in this moment if you feel that like that old path or like that kind of old version of you taking charge or steering you down a path or maybe backing down from an opportunity to rise up and give what you're here to give you can catch it and you go whoa 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 i've taken that wrong path (laughs) like a hundred times already, I don't need to take that anymore. I can feel it now. I can feel when that inner knowing is going nah, you need to, you need to you know sit back and reflect before you take that path, so you just get a whole bunch of new information, ability to reflect. It's very powerful looking at your your regrets.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're teachers at the end of the day, right? Like your regrets are teachers your I have a really good friend who called. His tour mentors, his best mentors, which I love too, right? Like all these things that we actually don't want to acknowledge or look at can be profound mirrors for truly actually helping us carve and create the the clear picture of what's true. I think the connection to truth is what we're all seeking in some way, shape, or form. Truth is what heals. It's what it's what allows us to live in that vibrancy, I think, of Connectedness and it it's what acts helps us access greater levels of confidence. And I think clarity precedes confidence. Like I think when we're very clear on who we are and what we want and 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 why we're here, everything else kind of just flows. Like it truly does. And that's why I love that's why I I really appreciate how much care and thought you've put into your process. And it sounds like you've done sixty-something retreats, you said. Holy shit. Yeah, that's a lot, you know. <laughs> like If there's one thread you've seen from all 60 of your retreats, you know, what is a, is a common thread that you find in people as they're beginning? Like what is like the magic key you think that kind of unlocks the next level of evolution?
1: I just have to say taking the time and I mean, having a, having a process to get this clarity is just invaluable. It's just like with anything we really want to do in our life, if we can find a mentor or a process or a structure that is proven that can take us there, whether it's we want to build muscle or we want to have a better relationship with our partner, be a better parent or make more money or whatever, having that kind of a structure and guidance is invaluable. And then it's once you have that, it's commitment. And i have just seen I'm just seeing uh, the power of commitment. Like just, this knowing of what you're gonna do, and then doing it no matter what. Mm. <laughs>
0: I love that, dude. I love the commitment. Is um, we could have for a whole podcast on commitment, Rick. I, I'm really grateful for the way you walk in the world, brother. I can feel the alignment. And I can feel how how proud you are of your work and I honestly didn't know where the hell this conversation was gonna to go to be honest like I had, I had an idea, but to for it to have gone in the directions that it did for us to explore so many different ideas and concepts around what it means to come alive truly within yourself has been really beautiful and I've learned a lot from you. So I just want to thank you again for being here and for sharing your heart with me and anyone listening. And I'm really grateful that we get to be deeper friends, man. I'm grateful that we get to continue the friendship and the conversation.
1: Likewise. Thank you so much, Raj. It was great meeting you in Australia years ago and to stay sporadically in touch and then to be able to sit down for this hour and a bit and talk. And you ask great questions. You have great presence. You you bring your gift and your purpose to this conversation. And thanks for making me feel at ease. And thanks for seeing me. I really appreciate that. Mm.
0: Mm, you're so welcome dude thank you for seeing me and we'll make all the links available for vision quest is it visionquest.com with a Y
1: yeah
0: cool All right. well we'll make all that stuff available in the show notes for anyone listening who's interested in exploring any of Rick's work Rick I got one last question for you in the midst of everything you're doing everywhere you've been and everywhere you're going how do you stay grounded like that Mm. I wish everyone listening, if you're not watching the video, like it, it was beautiful. Rick just closed his eyes and deeply breathed with his his full belly. I could feel like his full belly and chest just expanding. And...
1: <sighs> Thank you, good sir. The great flow has got us. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, man, you're the best. All right. Well, everybody, that is a wrap for this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I'm your host, Raj. This is your new friend, Rick. And from us, Stay Grounded. We'll chat soon. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to live an extraordinary life.